respect to the church and its leadership, there are two things that I absolutely know about God. The first thing I know about God is God has a plan. The second thing I know about God is God has a purpose. The plan and the purpose are not the same thing. In fact, I may not know a whole lot about the plan. I may not even understand the plan. But I better know the purpose. The purpose is clear. The purpose is unwavering. The purpose never changes. The plan is nothing more but the vehicle, the journey, the conduit that gets me from where I am to the purpose. I would say the plan isn't so important. Therefore, it's not so important to understand it. The purpose is everything. It was probably best demonstrated to me in my life on a journey I took one day when your bishop some years ago was fighting cancer and all I could get out of him is all is well. But everybody else I talked to seemed to think he was having some difficulties until one day I decided I'll just show up. I'll surprise him. I boarded an airplane that summer heading to Little Rock, Arkansas because I knew that's where he was going to be that night. It happened to be a season and a time in my life when it seemed like every time I got on an airplane, there was turbulence. Anybody knows anything about this part of the country, you know in the summertime you can have what's called a thunder storm. Anybody know? What, am I all alone out here? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Bishop, that night, I'll never forget it. It was nighttime. We were flying into Little Rock. And we hit the mother of all storms. Never in my life, by the way, we made it. But never in my life had I experienced anything quite like that. The sky lit up, and when the sky lit up like noonday, the plane began to fall. And then it would level out. The first time everyone was, you know, woo, that was great. Until it happened the second time. And the third time. And finally they, they come to understand that when the sky lit up, the plane was going to fall and it ceased to be funny now. People began to weep. People got quiet. and People were distressed. Sitting next to me was a little boy about 10 years old. His very first airplane ride. Sitting next to him was his 16-year-old sister, much more mature and worldly wise, and she was having a fit. And of course, the seasoned flyer I was, and the man of God, I was there to settle the issue, scared to death myself. I watched this little guy as everybody else was frightened and crying and, and all the emotion that accompanies that. He was just saying, wow. Wow, awesome, awesome. We landed. Of course, everyone collected themselves. The little guy looked at me and he said, Man, he said, that was like a roller coaster. Unbelievable. And immediately I realized it's all the perspective. It's how we look at it. He wasn't worried about the journey. He didn't get caught up in the plan. 
You see, the journey, there's hills and valleys, there's turbulence, there's good days, there's bad days. If you fixate and focus on that, you're not going to make it 10 years. You're not going to make it 30 years. You listen to me, preacher, sitting out there. You're going to have some disappointments along the way. But if you can stay focused on the purpose, if you won't take your eyes off the purpose, I want to thank God for leadership. For leadership that knows the purpose and they're not worried about the plan. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thankful we know the purpose. Glory, glory. Amen, amen. And we are honored and blessed to have leadership. And have had great leadership in this church over the course of the last 32 years. Our bishop has led this church and is a leader that I thought when you were telling that story, that 10-year-old that boy kind of reminds me of our bishop. I'm... I'm supposed to be the 10-year-old boy and he's supposed to be the 16-year-old that knows the things. And yet when we're having this, he's the one having a good time on the ride and I'm going, what's going on here? It's because he knows the purpose. I'm thankful that it was in God's purpose for him to be the bishop of Kenneth First United Pentecostal Church. And I'm thankful that he allowed me the privilege to team with him. I want Bishop to come at this time. God bless you. We love you. And we thank you for all that you are and all you've done. Amen. You know, I think the most fitting thing for me to say as an opening remark is I'm absolutely delighted you're here. What a wonderful evening this has become due to the reality and the overpowering reality at that, that you chose to take this time in your busy week, in schedules that many things I'm sure did not get completed and were pushed ahead until the future. And still, you were cognizant of the importance of celebrating with First United Pentecostal Church, with Pastor Sharon, for whom we celebrate ten glorious years of leadership. And on behalf of that congregation, it's my dubious distinction to be able to say to you, we're grateful, eternally in your debt, for being here tonight. Thank you for coming and being with us. We're glad for that. You are the food you eat. You are the books you read. You are the places you visited. You are the schools you attended. The courses you completed. The problems you answered. You are the difficulties that beset you. You are the failures that overtook you. You are the unwillingness to ever give up. To ever quit. To ever stop. To ever be outdone. You are the tenacity that says, I will continue. I will fight on. You are a winner because you don't quit when everybody else knows you're knocked out. You just get up and slug on. Thank God for those kind of ministers. Pastor, 
That's the kind of leader you are. You've never been willing to say, we're bested, we're done, I quit, I give up. That's the kind of church this is. That's what creates sustainable revival. When you say, I've got the tenacity to fight one more round, regardless of how the scorecards look at this moment. Don't you want to fight on? Amen. 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 It was great churches like Morehouse and Lilburn and Puxico and Hot Springs, Arkansas, and some other places in between those that brought together a very important year in my life when Bishop Baker graduated from high school and my wife, Linda, was home in Indianapolis to give birth to our first child, Eric Carroll. And I met a bus in Kokomo, Indiana, and a young man got off, blonde-headed, whole lot more hair than you've got, thinner than you are, distinctly more handsome than you are at this moment, broad-shouldered, and he had a guitar case in his hand and a cardboard suitcase. And so started the journey of ministry and evangelism for myself and Roland Baker. I picked him up to drive me that summer to sing for me and help me in revival meetings. I've slept hundreds of miles on the way to the next service while he drove. And he'd say, is it all right to stop and get something to drink and something to eat? And I'd raise up and say, I'm afraid we're going to be late for church. Keep driving. <laughs> he quit me. He left me at the end of that summer. The pay wasn't good enough. The hours were too long. The demands of driving and singing and then sometimes preaching and praying in the altar had reached a place that he said, I'm going home and getting married. He was 18 years old. I thought he'd gone crazy. I thought I'd put too much stress on the young man. And I tried to talk him out of it. That shows you what a spiritual giant I am. I tried to talk him out of the best decision he ever made in his life. Aww. The young lady that he married at the end of that summer is with him tonight. She's the mother of his children. She's the love of his life. She's the Grammy of their grandchildren. She is an absolutely phenomenal writer of gospel music and singer. We're honored to have Sister Teresa Baker here tonight. And she's going to honor you with one of her songs this evening. Sister Baker, we're so delighted you're here. And would you sing for us tonight? God bless you. I love you. I do too. God bless you. I stand in awe of the presence of the Lord tonight. And what a wonderful privilege to be here standing to worship his name. I give honor to this great church and leadership. And I know that the promises of God are in him, yea and amen. amen. And I know that when he makes a promise, he will keep that promise. Worship with me as I sing. God's promises will never let you down. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord. Did you hear the birds sing this morning? Did the sun appear out there in the sky? Just as sure as you'll see the moon and the stars at night, I know God's word will never die. As you live your life for Him, oh, I have confidence every promise He'll keep. His word will never let you die. Hallelujah! Thank you. And just to show. December brings the snow, and just as April brings the rain, and as the ocean brings in the tide, and back again, I know His word will never fail. He will never fail. God's promises will never let you die as you live your life for Him. I have confidence every promise He'll keep. His word will never let you Are you thankful for the promises of God? Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Maybe we ought to get the song books out and sing a little bit. I have been privileged to work with the Missouri District as the Sunday School Director. And as I served in Sunday School, I was introduced to a wonderful individual. And then from that, his wonderful family. They have become like family to us. My kids call him Uncle Robbie. His kids call me Uncle Donnie. And it's a privilege to serve with people like Robbie Knox. Robbie Knox is committed to the kingdom of God. He is pastoring with Brother Hendricks in Madisonville, Kentucky, a powerfully anointed church there that has seen tremendous revival. 
And he serves the general Sunday school division as its secretary and does an outstanding job as that. He's coming now to greet you. God bless you, Brother Knox. We're so glad that you're here celebrating with us. Thank you, Brother Sharon. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to see everybody's smiling face in the house of God tonight. What an honor and a privilege it is to be here at this. I'm understanding this is a Save Our Children rally. And so that is a good thing. And I will just say this, that when you invest in the li- into the life of a child, your money will not go in vain. But uh, you will be rewarded for that money that you invest in the life of a child. One and a half million dollars is the national goal, and that's all we're asking. A 30-second Super Bowl commercial costs four million dollars, and I think our children are worth a whole lot more than that. (laughs) Appreciate uh, also another part of this meeting as well, and that's uh, celebrating the leadership of this church. Appreciate Bishop Magruder very, very much and his friendship. And it's good to be with you tonight. And I honor you, sir. And uh, did not realize that I would see Brother Baker tonight. It's so good. You, Your ears must have been burning because Pastor Hendricks and I were talking about you yesterday. So get your calendar. You're going to be coming back to Madisonville pretty soon. So, And it's also good to see District Superintendent and First Lady of this wonderful district, Brother and Sister Williford. We love these folks very, very much. And also our friends... And he's like a brother to me, and that is your pastor, uh, brother and sister Sharon. We love the Sharons very, very much. How many love the Sharons? And the Sharons have three, three just wonderful kids. And um, I call them the sweet tea. Tess, Emma, and Abby. And... uh, Probably my being late tonight is probably, there might have been an iron involved. I don't know. I don't, uh, that, that's an inside thing. You can ask them uh, after church. Uh, we're not going swimming tonight, though. It's too cold. But it's good to be with brother and sister Sharon. They are just wonderful people of God that love kids, loving saving our children. And I like doing that with him. I was thinking, um, as I was sitting here tonight, how David wrote in Psalm 103, said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. And then in the next verse he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And then in the very next verse he says, Because He delivers us from sin and He heals our diseases and he goes on and on about the different benefits and you never hear him thanking God for his horse or his chariot or his family although I'm very very sure that he was thankful for all of those things but it was the priority that he had was I'm going to bless the Lord because he's forgiven me my sins and he's healed me of all my diseases and then he goes on and he says For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. And then he says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Now can you imagine that? Now if we would have 
rent a couple different charter buses tonight. We will all, uh, you wouldn't know this was going to happen. We would all get in these buses and we would take a trip north. We'd get out here on 55 and then hit 57 and go as far north as we could until we reach, uh, how many kids have ever heard of the North Pole before? Now, after we reach the North Pole and we keep going, where do we go from there? We go south. Now, we get in these same buses and we travel west and we travel west to L.A. And we get on a plane and we start taking that plane west. And we try to fly this plane as far west as we can until we reach the east. You think we're going to do it? No. As far as the east is from the west... The love of God does not change for you and I. The mercies of God does not change for you and I. He could have said as far as the, high, the north is from the south, but then something would stop there. But he says, no, as far as the east is from the west... The mercies of God are so real. The love of God is so real. I'm thankful for His mercy. I'm thankful for His grace. I'm thankful for His love. Why don't you put your hands together and give God praise for it? Thank you for your mercy. The unmerited favor that grace gives us is amazing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. We're thrilled that all of you are here. Thank you, Brother Knox. We appreciate that. We're looking forward to the remainder of the weekend where there will be other uh, ministers and guests that will be speaking, and we're looking so forward to that. And so thankful that you're here tonight. I look out and see so many people here tonight, just afraid to start naming names because there's so many names to call. We are so glad that all of you are here, and uh, all of you that are from Section 4, thank you for coming out and supporting this meeting, and thank you for your commitment to the section. I believe that this section is experiencing revival like never before. How many of you are from Section 4 and are having revival like never before? We have others here from... Section 2, Brother Sheeran and Brother Doss are here from Section 2. There's Brother Brown, who's the presbyter from Section 3, and uh, they're here. And we are so thankful that the Browns are here. And then there's Section 5 represented, Brother Reisner over there. Is there any other sections that are represented here tonight? If you're here, maybe some from Arkansas, we're glad that all of you are here tonight. How many of you feel the presence and the power of God like you're experiencing in your section we are thrilled to be experiencing it here and so glad that you're here. And we invite you to be a part of the remainder of the weekend. Just want to read one letter. We'll hear others, but want to read one letter that has been sent to us. Reverend and Mrs. Donald Sheeran, First United Pentecostal Church. Dear brother and sister Sheeran, greeting in the name of our Lord Jesus. Congratulations on your 10th pastoral anniversary. This is a time for celebration in your ministry and in the life of your church. Although I am not able to attend the services, I know the Lord's blessings are upon you during this special time. Brother and Sister Sheeran, we appreciate the work you are doing in Kennett. It is exciting to see what the Lord has accomplished through your ministry. The best is yet to come, and I believe that. May God's grace and love continue to be with you. Sincerely in Christ, David K. Bernard, General Superintendent, United Pentecostal Church International. And we thank Brother Bernard for that, and we appreciate his response to this time of celebration. We're honored that you have come to be a part of this. It's not only our 10th year celebration as pastor, but it is also a time to celebrate 
and recognize the ministry of Bishop Carol Magruder, who has been a tremendous bishop and a friend and like a father to me. And he's a wonderful songwriter and singer, and we're going to be blessed by his ministry tonight. Would you welcome our bishop as he comes to minister in song? God bless you. I have a better half with me tonight that many of you have not met. I'm very delighted and proud to introduce her to you. If you'd stand up over there. She wouldn't have to. She's the loveliest lady in the house. This is my wife, Sharon. Sharon, we're delighted you're here. Thank you. Amen. This is a cotton chopping song. From the cotton fields of South Carolina to Southern California. From the rows of southeast Missouri to the south part of Texas. Anywhere there's cotton, you like swing music, you like fiddles, and you like steel guitars. If you don't know what a cotton sack is, Miss Sharon was getting moved into our house, and she brought me a folded piece of canvas and plastic, and she said, Honey, have you told me, and I forgot, what is this? Is it good or could it be thrown out? I said, oh, no, 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 don't throw that out. That's not a replica. That's not one like it. That's the real thing. That's a cotton sack that you throw it over your shoulder and drug through the fields to pick cotton. We've got to keep that. She said, well, then I'll put it up for you. I don't know what that means. But this is a cotton chopping song that says, I don't see any reason to give up and go back. I'm just looking ahead. Let's see what we got. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, don't that sound good. Oh, there it is. Well, I guess I've had my share of trials. Heartaches and disappointments I've met But I want you to know I'm not discouraged For my hand is in Jesus' hand And I'm looking ahead I can't see any reason To turn around and go back now Though the road gets rough and narrow I believe I'll make it somehow well, I've always remembered The Lord died in my step That's why I'm living for Him Gonna keep looking ahead Turn to your neighbor Don't say amen Say aha to him Come on Well, the devil will always try To keep you discouraged you got a hold of the Master's hand and be spirit-led. With God on our side, I'm persuaded we'll make it. Heaven's in view if we keep on looking ahead. I can't see any reason to turn around and go back now. Though the road gets rough and narrow, I believe I'll make it somehow. Oh, yes, I'll 
always remember The Lord died in my stead That's why I'm living for Him Gonna keep looking ahead Well, I'll always remember The Lord died in my stead That's why I'm living for Him Gonna keep looking ahead. Yeah. Amen. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Lord. I want to look to the future with expectancy. I'm looking ahead, believing for greater things. The best is yet to come. You may be seated. I wonder if anybody ever got the Holy Ghost picking cotton. I wonder how many lost it picking cotton. God's good all the time, all the time. This has been so good for being here. Your worship has created a wonderful atmosphere. I believe it set the stage for the man of God to bring the Word of God. The man of God who is to bring forth God's Word tonight. He and his wife serve this district as its superintendent. And they do an outstanding job. He is the superintendent. Her is the first lady of this district. They also pastor a revival church, Apostolic Pentecostal Church in St. Louis. We love and appreciate these people so very much. He's more than the superintendent and the pastor. But he's a mentor to me personally. I love and appreciate Brother Williford because he's had a hand in my ministry throughout the entirety of it. He is my mentor. And I'm honored and blessed to have not only my mentor, but my friend to come and to share in this service. Would you welcome right now, Pastor Steve Williford. God bless you. Come, share your heart with me. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's love the Lord together. Let's just give Him praise. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, oh God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. I want my wife to come. I just want to take a couple of moments to say thanks for the honor and the invitation to join in these celebrations. It is certainly an honor. I'm honored to serve this district serve so many great ministers, pastors, evangelists, and several are here tonight. What a great tribute to this church. I want to say to this church celebrating its 82nd church anniversary that you certainly have been a mainstay church to the Missouri district, not only due to long history of years, because of deep apostolic foundations that have been placed and are still intact at Kennett First United Pentecostal Church. And also thanks to this church, and we've heard some about it tonight, the involvement in the kingdom of God in all aspects, whether it be children or youth or missions. So I want to thank this church for your commitment to the kingdom of God. And then... I honor the ministry of Brother Carol Magruder. He's been effective, successful, and is respected. And personally, I'm one among many 
who have respected his life and ministry throughout the years. So thank you, Brother Magruder, for what you mean to all of us. And I give honor to you for your many years of ministry, evangelism, music, pastoral ministry, 32 of those years here in Kennett. And then, of course, we welcome Sister Sharon Magruder to the Missouri District. And we appreciate you very much, Sister Magruder. God bless you. We're thankful for his hand in your life. And, of course, there's a deep love and respect for Brother and Sister Don Sharon, Tess, Emma, and Abby. I'm so thankful for you and for your family. Your mom, Sister Carol Sharon, and Brother Trent, Sister Sherilyn, Bryn, Brooke, Breeley, and Braylon. This is a special family to us. Sister Shay Sharon blesses our district, serves our women's ministry department, leads choirs, serves musically. What a wonderful example. Sister Shea, we appreciate you, and I know that all of that serves as a blessing to this church. Of course, Brother Don Sharon serves our district in various ways. Our Sunday school director on our district board is presbyter of this section, and he represents this section so very well in both of those aspects. Serves us nationally. But beside all of those things, just the person that he is, his values, ethically, morally, doctrinally, you know, it's, it's wonderful what people can do, but it's so much more valuable what people are. And I honor you, Brother Sharon. One of God's great gifts to us is relationships. God has given into Becky in my life a very special connection to Brother and Sister Sharon. And I treasure that and value that, and that's another one of the reasons I'm honored to be here tonight. I wanted my wife just to speak a word on, uh, from a lady's behalf. Well, thank you for inviting us to be here tonight. This is an awesome, awesome night. I'm thankful for the history of this church, thankful for the Magruders and what they have done here, and then now the Sheerans, the last 10 years. Um, our lives have been connected with the Sheerans, and I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for Sister Shea Sheeran, and that's what I wanted to just talk a few minutes about. She's a precious, precious lady, and I thank God for her. She's dedicated. She is a great Christian example. One thing that's so neat about Sister Shay is she's just down to earth. She just is who she is. She's always the same. She's very, very talented, but yet she's humble. She's a devoted mother to her precious girls. And she's also a prayer warrior. And I thank God for that. She can feed you spiritually as an awesome speaker, but she can also speak, uh, feed you naturally. She's an awesome cook. <laughs> but she is very, very kingdom-minded, and I thank the Lord for that. It doesn't matter what needs to be done in the district. Sister Shea is there to do that, whether it's, as my husband said, leading the choirs at youth camp, whether it's leading the praise singers at the ladies' conference, or doing something at youth convention, or camp meeting, whatever. 
she's willing to do it because she is kingdom-minded. And I thank you, Sister Shay. I, I know you here at uh, United Pentecostal Church appreciate her, but you have a jewel, and I thank God for Sister Shay. That's all right. Let's give Brother and Sister Sharon and Brother and Sister Magruder in this church a great honor. Would you turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1? Ephesians chapter 1. There is a wonderful presence of God that is here. And we want him to minister tonight. So nice to see Bishop Baker, Bishop and Sister Baker, Brother Knox, and many ministry friends that are here, and the wonderful saints of God, faithful to him. Sister Baker sung about the word of God, and we love his word, don't we? You know, what church really is, is to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And we've been having that tonight. And I don't think it takes long to have that, so I don't feel like I need to preach a long time. And I know you're feeling an amen. You may not say it. But... <laughs> but most of all, we want Him. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Would you say those two words with me? Heavenly places in Christ. And Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want to preach for the next few minutes. Heavenly places. Heavenly places. If you're thankful for the presence of God in your life, would you just give Him a very personal thanks? Uh, God, we want to just forget about protocol, but we want a relationship with you. I thank you for your touch. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for heavenly places in you and with you in Jesus name in Jesus name amen and you may be seated that phrase has a ring to it and draws your attention heavenly places what are heavenly places what is a heavenly place in the simplest of terms, it's a place like heaven. It has similarities to heaven. It has characteristics that will be in the heaven we are going to itself. According to those two verses and others, by the way, heaven on earth can be a reality. God intends... For you and I to experience heavenly places. It's wonderful to read about it. But it's not a fantasy story. 
It's wonderful to read about it, preach about it, title a sermon, Heavenly Places. But the truth of the matter is that we can experience heavenly places. He uses the word together, set together, be together with Him. That phrase, the first priority meaning of that phrase is not us coming together as the people of God. But the Lord was emphasizing He wants us to be with Him. He wants to share the experience of heaven and the power and the glory with us. It is the will of God for you and I to experience the kind of glory and the kind of joy and the kind of love and beauty and power that makes heaven heaven. God wants every individual to experience heaven on earth. That's why He tells us that we are made to sit together in the heavenly places. The main thing that's going to make heaven heaven is that God will be there. The presence of God is what makes a heavenly place. His presence. And I'm so thankful tonight we have sung so much about Him and His presence. His presence makes any place heavenly. When you're in the presence of God at home, when you're in the presence of God in your car, in your van, in a truck, at work, at school, wherever it is, that place becomes a heavenly place. I want to go back and do that again. At home, in a vehicle, at school, in a workplace, in the neighborhood, in the backyard, in the church building, downtown, rural Missouri, any place the presence of God is, is a heavenly place. It can be a beautiful building. It can be a large building. It can be a small building. It can be one room. It can be ten rooms. But anywhere the presence of God is, is a heavenly place. His presence changes everything, including a location. God Himself called the desolate desert beside that burning bush, dry, arid, sandy, hot. He called it holy ground. There are some places on this earth, there are some places we walk through emotionally and spiritually, we wonder how on earth, in fact, we'd call it something else. We, we'd call it going through, walking through hell. But any place on this earth can be a heavenly place where the presence of God is. When you have the presence of God with you, it doesn't matter where you are, it's a heavenly place. There may be hordes of devils and demons around you, but it's a heavenly place. His presence can change a living room, a den, into a sanctuary of the glory and the power of God. The presence of God changes. Just because a building's called a church doesn't mean the power of God is going to be there. 
But when you get the presence of God there, it doesn't matter when it is or where it is, that's a heavenly place. It changes a building or a sanctuary from a place of religious ritual. I'm going to tell you, when you've been around 82 years, you can learn how to do it. All of us, there's a lot of us that have grown up in this and others of you that have been around it for most of your life. We can learn how to do it. But ritual is one thing and experience with the presence of God is another thing. Thank God for the heavenly place. When His presence comes down in this sanctuary or wherever you worship and the glory of God is there, it can make it a place of encounter with God. People can actually encounter Him, experience Him, and hear from Him. And not only does it change the location, but you know the Scripture talks about how our lives are a temple of the Holy Ghost. His presence changes a life into a place where He dwells. That's why what we once were has been dramatically changed. We don't feel like we're better than anybody else. But I'm going to tell you, when the presence of God is in somebody, there is a distinct difference. A child of God. My brother and my sister, no matter how young you are, young person, no matter how elderly you are, elder, when the power of God is in you, you are a powerful, dynamic force in this world. And not only does this temple house the presence of God, but a temple and a life from whom the presence of God or within whom the presence of God is dwelling, that presence flows out from us. And it impacts others. And the Holy Ghost filled people themselves are heavenly places. When people walk into your life, when they encounter you, it can and should be like walking into a heavenly place. Heaven is also marked by beauty. When you read about it in the book of Revelation and other places, it talks about the beauty and the magnificence and the splendor of heaven. John the Revelator wrote of his visions of heaven. And those scenes included portraits of beauty and astounding, magnificent sights. Golden streets. City gates made of pure pearl. Foundations made of precious stones and gems. I've never seen anything quite like the glories of heaven. But here's the good news, folks. God said we can sit in heavenly places. We do not have to wait until we get to heaven to experience the beauty and the splendor and the glory of heaven. He made it possible for us to experience it here and now. It may not be the natural light or the natural splendor of a jewel or a gemstone or transparent gold. But David experienced it and he wanted to experience more. That's why he said in Psalm 27, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 
I want that to get inside of me. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. He said, all the day, don't even think about backsliding. I don't know why I'm saying that right now, but erase every thought. Let me dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Here's why. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. When we come in inquiring, God, show me something more. I was born in this. When we were younger, we attended Brother Walter Gwynn's church. It had a slanted floor. So when I was about three or four, I would lay on a pallet on the floor. And I remember that view underneath those pews. All those men's wingtip shoes and all those ladies' high heels. The temple of the Lord. To inquire. Most of us that have been around, we've seen many things. But I never want to be in it so long, I feel like I have seen it all. Or I know it all. But God, I want a fresh touch tonight. Not only do I want a fresh touch tonight, I'm inquiring. I need a fresh touch tonight. I need a touch tonight. I'm going to tell you something. There is no position, superintendent or anything else, that qualifies us uh, from not wanting to have the presence of God or needing the presence of God. He said, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. That word beauty there means agreeableness. In other words, this experience agrees with me. That's what David said. This agrees with me being in the house of God. It agrees with me being in a heavenly place. It agrees with me seeing the splendor and the glory of God. The blessing of the heavenly place will agree with you. How many times have we come into the presence of God and we've come through a day of difficulty and we wondered whether or not we even would make it to the house of God that night. But when we got there, Go ahead, Lord, move through us and upon us right now. God knows what everybody needs. He knows every point of refreshing. He knows every point of encouragement that is needed. He knows every struggle. He knows every weapon that we need. There is an incomparable beauty about the presence of a heavenly place. David said, I saw the power and the glory of God in the heavenly place of the sanctuary. He said in the 63rd Psalm, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh longs for You in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. To see Thy power and Thy glory, so as I have seen Thee in the sanctuary. In a heavenly place there is power and glory strength and a place where God shows himself strong we can be at our weakest place you can be at your weakest point but you get in a heavenly place and the strength of God is going to come to you it does not matter what it is 
or what we are going through or what may be touching our lives. A heavenly place is a place where God demonstrates His power. David said, I saw your power and I saw your glory. I've seen it in the sanctuary. Now I'm in a dry and a thirsty land, but I'm going to see it there. We can have heaven on earth. I know that can sound like a fairy tale and it sounds like, oh, that's just positive mental attitude. But you can have heaven on earth. Woo! Hallelujah. No matter what storm's going on, no matter what trial, no matter how hot hell may get, you can have a heavenly place in this world. Another trademark of heaven is light. Light is a trademark characteristic of heaven. So when you're in the heavenly place, there's going to be light. Revelation 21 said about that place, it has the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, a jasper stone clear as crystal. And then Revelation 21 and 23 said that city had no need of the sun. You know, there are just some things you don't need in a heavenly place. You can have them, but you don't need them. Woo. The sun, the moon, doesn't need to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. You know you're in a heavenly place. When the Lamb is exalted. Pastors, want your church to be a heavenly place? Lift Him up. Praise team, lift Him up. Musicians, lift Him up. Sunday school teacher, lift Him up. Woo! Where the Lamb is the light. We used to sing that old song, In the city where the Lamb is the light. In the city, there's never, no more night. I've got a mansion over there. And when I'm free from this toil and all of this care, I'm going where the Lamb is the light. But you don't have to wait to go there. Tonight, we've been singing about how awesome He is and lifting Him up. Where the Lamb is the light, that's a heavenly place. That's why we're feeling so good right now. That's why there's a fresh strength. Somebody, God wants to give you a fresh strength right now, right now, right now, right now. For the glory of God did lighten it. Lighten it. Lit it up. I just kind of studied out that word lighten. It means to shed rays. To brighten up. To illuminate. To make to see. The light in a heavenly place will help you to see what you couldn't see or understand before. Walking through a trial. Confused in our thoughts. Lack of wisdom. You walk in the presence of God. And the presence of God can trump every counselor. And I believe in them. 
And I send people to them. But I'm just telling you, the light can illuminate. And when we don't have the answer, the presence of God is the answer. It lightens it. And in Revelation chapter 4, he said in heaven, out of that throne comes lightnings. There's going to be lightning in heaven. Going to be thunder in heaven. Going to be voices in heaven that sound like thunder. Lightning. Flash. Glare. Bright light. To flash like the lightning. Like a, I wish I had one right now, a strobe light. You know, it's hard not to notice a strobe light. It's hard to miss the lightning of a heavenly place. That's why people feel a difference. There's lightning in heavenly places. It looks different. All of a sudden, there will be a shine and a glare of healing over here. And then there will be a shine and a glare of forgiveness to that soul that has wandered in. And all of a sudden there will be a flash of encouragement. And the light of, oh, the light of, oh my God. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like a heavenly place. You know what? That's what we want. Just we can have dull, dead, dry schedule. And I'm all for schedule. I'm about that. But nothing trumps the lightning. We need some lightning strikes. Yeah. What was that right there? <laughs> There you go. A little flash. A little strobe. Yeah. That blinded me, sis. That's what some of us need, just to get blinded by the lightning of the glory of God. Forget about who's around you. We're not trying to stop the lightning. I'm going to put up a kite and let it strike it like old Ben did. September 23rd, a couple visited the church. I didn't know who they were. Their names are Jason and Christy. Tuesday, the office sent a follow-up email to them. Thanking them for attending. It was sent at 9.42 in the morning. At 2.36 in the afternoon, there was a reply. Thank you so much. And they talked a little bit about how they felt among the congregation. We are actually in a journey to discover the truth. As we both... Grew up Baptist, she said. But I recently discovered through a friend about the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
and other things I was not aware of. And I have been on a new mission and have been reading and studying the Bible over the last couple of months like I never have before. And I have begun to pray in a closer sense to God than I have ever done before. I am seeing changes in me and all around me. And I feel like my eyes are slowly being opened. I just have a strong hunger for a closer relationship with Jesus. And I want to know Him in this personal way that I am finding out is possible. She'd already been in a heavenly place. You know, there are a lot of people that the presence of God is dealing in their life. And heaven is surrounding them. And they're just needing a... You know, look, look at us, folks. All of us are yearning to go to heaven. And every one of us would honestly admit, I can't explain to you all about heaven. It's, it's my topic tonight. But I, I'm telling you, I'm dumb when it comes to heaven and many other things. But I'm dumb when it comes to heaven. And many people out there are seeking for more. And it's what Christy said. I'm, I'm looking for more. And here it is. This is all still very new to us. And the worship style makes us a little nervous. Just because, listen to the sincerity of this, just because it is not what we are accustomed to. But I can't shake the feeling that this is true worship. And the word that I am hearing preached is true word. I will be back more than likely next Sunday morning. She was back. And on October 7th, both of them were baptized in Jesus' name. They have yet to receive the Holy Ghost. But she was at the altar with stammering lips last Sunday. I'm going to tell you, we need the lightning of God. I preach to every church here tonight, don't stop the lightning. Let the light of the glory. There's none of us that can reach up and control the natural lightning should it strike tonight. We're feeble. We can't control it. And we neither do we want to control what God is doing in this world. Let him talk to a Jason and Christine. And you've got them in your city. And you've got them in your churches. Uh, People that are right on the very verge. uh, They're ready to receive it. Your next service. (laughs) If you want the light of God. If you want the power of God. Would you just extend your hands and your heart to Him. In your life. In the church you attend. In the church you lead. In the ministry that you're a part of. God we need it. We need it. We need you. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's ready to minister. And God shall wipe away. One translation says obliterate. 
All tears. No more death. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. The former things passed away. That not only happens in heaven, but it happens in heavenly places. Old things pass away. God can wipe tears away tonight in this heavenly place. Crying can be stopped. Crying because there has been disappointment. Pain relieved. I know what Jesus would do if he was here right now. He would say, come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, there's peace in the heavenly places. There is peace. He said the former things are passed away. The past can be taken care of. The past can be taken care of. It can happen for you tonight. Because this is a holy place. In heaven... There's a tree whose leaves have healing in them. There's healing in heavenly places. There's emotional healing. There's mental healing. There's spiritual healing. There's physical healing. And in heaven, from that tree, it says healing for all nations. That means everybody. Stand with me if you would, please. And... Without any interruption, would you just begin to glorify the Lord right now? Would you just begin to praise Him? Would you just begin to focus on the light? The Lamb is the light. Let the Lamb be the light. Let the Lamb be the light. Heavenly place, healing, peace, revelation. Change. In the first text verse that we read, verse 3 of the first chapter, he said, He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That phrase, spiritual blessings, intrigued me. I want to know what kind of blessing that was. And what Paul was referring to is the kind of a blessing that comes through prayer. That phrase is talking about prayer blessings. And I know it could be argued that probably any and all blessings come as a result of prayer, but this was specific. It's when brother prays for brother and sister prays for sister. Whether they're able to clutch a hold of their hand or have to pray from them for them from a hundred miles or a thousand miles. But it's a prayer blessing. This is where we get to help God create a context of heaven. We can 
pray a prayer blessing over our brothers and sisters. Because he said that's what we're blessed with. I know we can pray anywhere. And it's powerful anywhere. But God has, has chosen to bless a gathering like we're in tonight. And it's the will of God for us to pray prayer blessing, spiritual blessing, because this is a heavenly place. And at first I was going to call, and if anybody wants to come, you're, you're certainly welcome. Why don't we turn this whole place into an altar and a place of prayer blessing? And I want you to, if you would, in sensitivity to the Holy Ghost, to pray a prayer blessing. And it can be to the one that is right beside you, but I feel like body ministry needs to operate here. I feel like there needs to be some moving one to another up and down the aisles. You just begin to pray right now. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray a blessing over your brother, over your sister, uh, over the families, fellow brothers and sisters that are a part of your section, your church, uh, or maybe somebody you may not even know very well right now. Spiritual blessings are flowing. Heavenly places, oh God, we need it. We need it, Lord. That's it. That's it. Go ahead, operate in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord is operating in a heavenly place. (laughs) Oh, let the Lamb, let the Lamb be the light. That's it. Just forget what we normally do. Forget what normally happens at meetings like this. Let the Lamb be the light. Hallelujah. Go beyond our protocol, God. Go beyond our own power. Go beyond our strength. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. There's a blessing in prayer. There's a blessing in prayer. That's it. Let it flow from your life. Let it flow from your anointing. Don't be hesitant. This may not be your home place or home church. It's a heavenly place. Oh, let the Holy Ghost lead us, Lord. Uh, help somebody. That's right. Help somebody. Help somebody. point for somebody's blessing tonight I'd like for some folks just to begin to move up and down the aisles somebody just step out there's freedom in the heavenly place that's right just move to somebody oh do it Holy Ghost do it Holy Ghost do it Holy Ghost Help them, help them, help them. Like I'm not all 
just like this in heaven. Go ahead. After these things, I heard a great voice, mega voice, mega worship. Much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah. And in verse 3, and again, they didn't stop worshiping. Hallelujah. Glory and honor and power under the Lord our God. Would you join together with your voice, with your strength, with your energy? And would you do worship in a heavenly place? Uh, I'm giving glory. That's right, giving glory. I don't worry about what it sounds like. Don't worry if you said it before. Say it about Him. For, 